You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio and all podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner. Keeps the alternative medicine wackos at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And she who will do most anything for a glass of expensive wine. It's Lady Diagnosis, everyone. Hello, Dr. Steve. And we have uh, our uh, new friend. and She's actually not new, but she's returned from sabbatical. Jenny McKinney. Hey, Toots. <laughs> This is a show for people who never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to a regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call 347-766-4323. That's 347 If you're listening to us live, the number is 754-227-3647. That's 754-22-PENIS. Or? Bear nip. Oh, okay, I was going to have Jenny do that. Oh, no, that's that's okay. okay. Sorry. That's okay. Bear I don't nip. share well. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I'm in your seat, so... <laughs> Follow us on Twitter, at Weird Medicine, Lady Diagnosis, and Dr. Scott WM. Jenny's not on uh, Twitter yet. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news, and stuff you can buy, or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show. But talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Delightful to be back with you. (laughs) We still got some friends on the... uh Checking us out here. Okay, tonight. very good. Yeah, let us know about the audio on uh, if you're listening to us live. Otherwise, um, I'm. If you're not listening to us live, don't worry about it. This is what it is. <laughs> hey, um, I got the. Oh God, this is hilarious. Um, I wonder if I should play this for you guys. Um, I got the um, uh, the first version of the ad that I did for that guy with the synthesizer company. Sure. Sure. Phonic Bloom, and also you can check them out at geckologic.com. By the time this is released, it should be up there. And uh, I did a voiceover for him. Hmm. Of course, he's not a, a hundred. Well, he's not a native English speaker, so I I could never tell from what what I was reading because he just sent me these fragments and I had to read them. If it was because his English is, you know, is not idiomatic. He's very good. Eng- you know, his English is great. Everybody in Europe is pretty good with the old English language. But um, I couldn't tell if it was idiomatic uh, problems or if he wanted it that way. So I just read it the way that he wanted. Now I listened to it, and there's a couple of times where it says something like, um, well, let me... Let me see if I can find it real quick. Do you, you guys have a second? Oh, yeah. Sure. What else you got to do? Get take a nap. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Scott loves uh, a comic book uh, movie oh, talk, God. and then he loves um, synthesizer talk. 
So let me see if I can. Moogfest. Should we talk about Moogfest? Yes, we should. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about Moogfest? I want details. That damn comic. Oh, hellfire. Y'all missed it the damn last time we did this. It was in the dark, and it was glowing. We were camping in the Wicklow Mountains, one of Hibernia's remaining primordial forests. Once roamed by mighty beasts, their bones we find in the bogs full of black tar. The moon was full. I strayed from the campfire, hoping to see the glowing eyes of a woodland creature, a fox, or maybe a badger. But I met none that day. I found something else. You kind of got to see the graphics with it. But anyway, I'm opening up this uh, box that's glowing green. And it's actually the gecko loop sense. But he's doing it as if it was Maybe an you alien saw the leaked footage. Authorities deny it exists. Badger. Claim it was a student project. Honey badger. We believe those specimens were their stray pets. <laughs> Perhaps not the dominant species. The skull's too small to host brains capable of creating technology advanced enough to be indistinguishable from magic. Defying explanation. But after many months, we succeeded. And all the sounds. So is this for a movie or a book? No, no, no. Okay. Sorry, you weren't here. It's a commercial for his new synthesizer. Oh, okay. And uh, that's how he's paying me is in synthesizers. And actually, I would have done it for nothing just for the pleasure of doing it. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, but um, yeah, if, and if you want to hear some of his things, I did a 15-minute um, um, uh, expose, an introduction on the uh, his new uh, Glow Phonic Bloom, or it's, uh, you know, phonicbloom.com, it's P-H-O-N-I-C, bloom.com, the uh, Glow, the polyphonic whale thing, and it's on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash lobsta johnson you know l-o-b-s-t-a johnson so anyway so here he's showing the technology seated in reverse engineering at least something bits and pieces slowly coming together and after great success of the first approximation we took a few more steps so we can make more copies for you faster better thinner cooler sharper reliable engine with close to zero emissions and microphones sensitive enough to collect noises from another box that is powered off. This is not your usual Friday project. The master DI... Anyway, so anyway. But uh, check it out at uh, gecologic.com and you can see all the visuals. And so he he had somebody like make, uh, uh, make these fake monsters and stuff and like they're in a vat and things like that. It's just so crazy. And... um, (laughs) And then he he has an interesting sales technique. Well, listen to this, and I'll I'll play this part where uh, he says, you know, the putting the the uh, kit together is nearly impossible. DIY kit may take weeks to complete. Here we go. Day project. The master DIY kit may take weeks to complete, and only a handful of people have succeeded so far. <laughs> That's a, you know great. Oh well, I'll just rush out and buy one of those. <laughs> so, but actually, I did because that actually sounds like fun. I would putting like your that. own effort into making surely creates a better connection between you and the instrument. The open source nature hopes to... Okay, anyway, all right, just check it out. Gecko Logic, G-E-C-H-O, logic.com. But that was fun to do. Did you do the music behind it? No, 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 he did. with those. That's his little box. It's it's the coolest little thing that you've ever seen. It's just a... I'll I'll show it to you. It's in the... um, I've got the version one. It's um, a box that's like... 
three inches by four inches by three inches, something like that. It, you know, it's, it's not wood, super big, yeah. wooden rectangle, yeah. and it's all basically in software. And uh, it's got a uh, looper and a delay, and wow. then uh, you know it'll change pitches, and it just has it. You can program it yourself, yeah. And uh, it just does a bunch of really cool things. I brought all kinds of all that shit that's out there. I brought a ton of it to Moogfest, and the only thing people were actually interested in playing with a lot was the Gecko Loop synth. All my other stuff just kind of sat there, so oh. that was kind of cool. So anyway, hopefully we can get them in here. I'd like to get them to Moogfest one year, and. Um, uh, he, he'd sell a million of them. He really would. But anyway, what were you talking about? Where? Why were we going there? I have no clue. No clue. Oh, okay. I'm sure it was good, though. Um, <laughs> Probably really important stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Well, don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. It is allergy season, and he's got the best nasal rinse on the market. Uh, if you want to lose... Um, weight with me and gain penis length if you're a guy and i don't know what happens if you're a you know anatomically not a a male uh as far as weight loss but you feel better Uh you don't gain penis length if you don't have a penis but um maybe it makes your box make music like we just heard (laughs) oh maybe that's okay well there's a different kind of box she works um, but check it out. Check out Amazing. the method I used at noom.drsteve.com. N-O-O-M.drsteve.com. All right. Uh, well, what do you want to do? Let's just answer some. Oh, do you have some uh, medical oh, stories yeah. there, well, Jenny McKinney? Yeah. So I went to, um, I did a foot detox uh, a few times. And, oh, okay. Yeah, keep, going, keep going. Oh, keep going. Okay. Hurry. Please, talk please. faster. Oh, okay. Talk faster. Don't stop. <laughs> Don't listen to him. His fingers so, are all I just weird. wanted to make, because I feel like it was just. <laughs> Stay focused, sister. Okay. This is, this is I already knew I was going to get yelled at. But, um, so I did a foot talk, so, um, actually more than once, I'm sorry to say that. But um, is it just a chemical reaction in the water that's what's happening? Well, well tell me. Tell us what, what, happened, what happened, and then we'll. And then oh, we'll talk so about it. So they put I, like. Because um, I, I, I guess did they did they did they did they look at the colors that came out of your feet and told you what's wrong with you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. Uh, here's what. It's, so I worked at a <laughs> a soldering um, a circuit board manufacturer for 20 years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so um, I feel like it, I just didn't feel good, and then I went to the little salt therapy place, but sure. they were doing a foot. Uh, detox mm-hmm. and so I thought well I'll just try it and it was so nasty whatever was happening mm-hmm. I don't know what was happening in the tub but it was so disgusting you know because it would turn different colors right. but they put but I was wondering if it's really just a reaction yes. with the salt that they're it putting is. in it's 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 even worse than that they'll sell these pads that you put in your yeah. in your shoes and then when you pull them out they're black yeah and you go oh look at all the yeah. toxins so right. so this is how you would test this and they're not ever willing to do this sure. first what toxins are removing. So you were in a soldering place, so you would worry, do I have lead? Heavy yes. metal poisoning. Yeah. Or, or heavy yeah. metal. Totally sure. reasonable sure. thing to worry about. Sure. When you're soldering those things, the vapors that go up are not metal vapors, though. Okay. They are, you know, and now if you're welding, it can happen. Sure. But sure. soldering, what you're getting is the rosin core is what you're smelling. But, okay, so let's say, uh, let's hypothesize that you work in a soldering place and you have heavy metal exposure and you're worried that you've got some accumulation. So first, um, one thing that you could do is test that. That's testable. Very easy to test. So we have to define what our endpoint is. And our endpoint is is we're going to be removing lead from your system. So let's test you first 
and see if you're lead or arsenic, or we could do a bunch of different heavy metals, whatever you want to do, test for them. Sure. If they're not elevated, you don't have a problem. Okay. But, let, but let's just say for the sake of that, that it's so low we can't measure it, but it still could be causing a problem. Right. So now, th- this is also very easy, is you test that water before you put your feet in it, and you put the salts and all that stuff in it, do all the things that you're going to do, and test the water. Now you put your fucking feet in there, mm-hmm. and then you know, and then when you get this chemical reaction where it's oh look at the toxins coming out, yeah. uh, then you test it afterward. Okay. If there's lead in there, I, I'll buy it. Right. Sure. I will completely convert, and I, I will try to figure out some mechanism by which lead in, accumulated in the it's fat cells, <laughs> you know, yeah. right, it, right, you know, that's accumulated somewhere, somehow came out of your feet, right? you know, because yeah. we do process toxins in our body. Sure. Sure. There are toxins, there are real toxins, and they're processed by the liver. That's what the liver is yeah. there for, and then they're excreted by the kidneys and then, I mean, if you consider shit a toxin, well, that's, you know, very well encapsulated in your colon and excreted that way. Mm-hmm. So we have these mechanisms for dealing with these things. And uh, But I, I've never once seen anyone ever uh, consent to allow this kind of study to be done. And then they'll go, well, it's other toxins. Well, okay, what are they? Right. Then what are they? We can, yeah. we got to be able to measure it. Yeah. Because if you can't measure it, then it's just bullshit, right? Yeah. Well, it's toxins we don't know about. Oh, it's it's you know negative energy. Now, okay, now what the hell is that? <laughs> you know. Well, I'm uh, manipulating your bioenergy fields. Measure them. Just measure them. Right. Show me that they're that they exist yeah. first off, and then when you do your flatus maneuver, whatever it is, show me that you changed them. Yeah. And then show me that that correlates. Even just show me it correlates mm-hmm. with well-being. The well-being we get from these things, and, I, and I, I'm not talking about acu- what Dr. Scott does because there's actually excellent Science, data yeah. based on many of the things that he does. So I'm excluding him. I'm just talking about these malarkey things that are out there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, uh, uh, the benefit there's real benefit people do feel better but it's that cryptogenic placebo or mm-hmm. cryptogenic therapeutic effect mm-hmm. which is a kind way of calling it a placebo effect okay. i wrote an article in the medical literature uh just saying we should stop calling things placebos because people don't like that yeah if you say well you know your therapeutic touch maneuvers work on the placebo effect they go oh, they get all up in arms oh no it's not that we're manipulating bioenergy field they start making up ways that it works mm-hmm. when sure. as it, but if we call it the cryptogenic therapeutic effect i think most people would be like well yeah we don't know how it works i would rather people say that we just know people feel better afterward i'm have no problem with that right yeah. Well, it was crazy because the fr- so okay, but the- don't lie to me. You know that's the thing, right? And right. Don't start making shit up. Sure. So my experience, I did it three times, mm-hmm. and the first time it was terrible, and it, the smell was disgusting. Yeah. It actually smelled like a metal smell, which that was weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And then as I went back, the smell was less and less, and the water was clearer. So I don't mm. know how to explain that because. 
if I'm doing the same thing, shouldn't I have had the same result? Or could it just be that I ate something fatty one day and not the next? Or they or, just ran they out altered of... altered the water? They oh, just, right, different they, amounts of salt. They ran out or, of the crap that they put in there to yeah. turn it one yeah. color or one they, time. they knew this was your second and third time, so they were putting Sucker. less crappy stuff in there. Okay, gotcha. To make gotcha. it look like it worked. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so, so, yeah. I got you. That's mm. why I wrote it down to ask. So I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm looking at science-based medicine. Yeah. Now, listen, yeah. but you could have failed a lot better from those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you could. But, but, but as far as it actually pulling oh, It could be right. acupressure yeah. or just the, anything, the, the it bubble and stuff, too. Sure. And just so, soaking yeah. your feet feels good. Well, that's what yeah. I was going to say. It's yeah. probably just relaxing and mm-hmm. then, yeah. Uh, Okay. There's a a lot that Dr. Scott does that is just that deep relaxation, which no one can say that's bad for you. Oh, it's really good. Yes. You know? And then uh, there is data for uh, acupuncture uh, in certain things. Like Dr. Scott would be the first to tell you he's not curing cancer with acupuncture. There are people out there that will, you know, promote it for that. But, um, you know, I help. I help. People like you treat. That's exactly you know, when they right. Feel bad, That's I exactly right. Give yourself a pill. I give my help them feel better. That's right. right. He can yeah. he can help people get through their treatments or yep. just feel better. Yep. When Doctor Scott and I first started working together, um, I was doing primary care, and um, he would come on Tuesdays, and I would send him all the people that I saw that were sort of walking wounded that I couldn't. They felt bad, but I couldn't figure out why. Not it failed antidepressants. They, you know, they didn't have hypothyroidism. Their or their testosterone was okay. Whatever it was, they were okay. All their labs and all that stuff. I didn't have a diagnosis for them, but he'd go. He they'd go see him, and he'd always have a diagnosis because people want the mm-hmm. their condition to be named, even if it isn't some Western diagnosis. Right. Could be you know malodorous chi or you know whatever rebellious got, stomach chi. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he's got it. He'll he had a diagnosis for him. You know their fourth pulse was you know whatever shallow and slippery. Yeah, there you go. Oh, but but they would a hundred percent of the time come back feeling better. Yeah, hundred percent of the time. Oh, that's a damn good record. Wow. Some of that is just the. Uh, Tension yes, absolutely. There's nothing absolutely. wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Just because he really, you know, coddles yep. them and patience. Um, uh, and well, and I do too. But they wanted, right, but it's uh, different. They wanted a, an allopathic r- right. approach from right. me, and they got something different from him. Mm-hmm. We, when I was in medical school, we watched a video of um, a guy in the mount, remote mountains of some far away place in the South Pacific. And he was the village doctor, and what he would do is he would talk to people, they'd tell them what was wrong, and then he'd lay them down, he'd shake palm fronds all, all over them. And we were laughing at the time, and then they, you know, they knew we would, uh, because, oh, you know, how quaint, you know. But right. that person was fulfilling the same societal role that we do mm-hmm. as high priests and priestesses of Western medicine. Sure. You know, that you are, and that's why doctors who have a bad bedside manner or minimize their patient's complaints get bad reviews on health grades and stuff because what people are looking for is to be heard and to be seen to be seen as human beings and to be and to have their complaints heard and actually treating it is almost secondary in a lot of cases and scott and i both know that 90 percent of all of our patients are going to get better if we did nothing anyway right it's that 10% where we really can do stuff. you know. Yeah, and he's got his 10% that he can do things that I can't do, and I've got my 10% that I can do things that he can't do. But uh, but anyway, yeah, so it is very interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I have no doubt that you felt better after having that done. 
I'm looking at a science-based medicine. This is a great one of my favorite um, uh, websites for stuff like that. And it says, you know, of course we're assaulted by toxins on a daily basis. Everything's potentially a toxin, as the saying goes. The the dose makes the poison. Some things are to- toxic in tiny doses, while others would require a significant dose to cause problem. Even water is toxic at a high enough dose. Mm-hmm. Like 10 liters a day, you can kill yourself. Mm-hmm. So the natural world basically wants to kill us. Plants evolve toxins to protect themselves from being eaten. And that's why animals evolve mechanisms to process and remove toxins that get, that get into their system. So our primary function of our livers, which are giant chemical factories, is to filter out anything potentially toxic. To- toxic from the blood, metabolize it, and then excrete it, either through the feces or urine. Okay, toxins are filtered from the blood from the kidneys, as we already mentioned, and a healthy liver and a pair of kidneys are all most of us need to sufficiently detox. So um, now, if they don't work, then, you know, or if you ingest a poison, that's a whole other thing. So now the detox scam is hijacked for clever marketing worthless products and treatments like much of what happens under the umbrella of so-called internal alter- alternative medicine. A successful marketing slogan is more important than science or evidence. Detox is frequently attached to many dubious treatments as hand-waving explanation for how they allegedly work. And uh, so some uh, detox treatments include coffee enemas uh, with the idea that toxins get clogged up in the colon. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, coffee know. enema? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's one. That's pro- so you're going to be up for a week, but your mm-hmm. beehole will be cleaned out. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, and here you go. You can also <laughs> detox, and by which, he says, by which I mean waste your time and money accomplishing nothing by soaking your feet in a bath. And they oh, may right. use some kind of salt or even a gentle electric current to draw out, to quote unquote draw out the toxins. And offered as evidence that the foot baths are working, the water will become dark over time. And this is a result of corrosion of the electrodes in the salt solution. Detox foot pads are similar and often also offer discoloration of the pads as evidence they're working. Color change there is likely due to chemicals contained in the pads, which simply oxidize. So, mm. you know, they're just so my scientific way, I'm willing to fund, a, you know, a very low level toxicologic study. If somebody wants to say they're really pulling toxins out, right. got to identify what it is, and then we'll do a before and after, and we'll by God see. Yeah. But if that shows that there isn't anything, then, you know, if it shows that there is, then I'll eat crow and I'll start, I'll be a proponent of it for those certain things. Uh, But if it doesn't, whoever agrees to this has got to admit it's bullshit. Yes. Okay. All right. Bullshit. Bullshit. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Very good. Excellent. Yeah. What else you got? See, you stimulated a 22-minute discussion. Oh, okay. That's good. Uh, (laughs) Did we even do ads yet? Uh-uh. Oh, no. no. Okay. Yeah, we talked about Dr. Scott Simply Herbals dot net. Yes. Yeah. Um, did we talk about stuff.drsteve.com? Not yet. No. no. Okay. Well, Not go to stuff, stuff.drsteve.com <laughs> and get your um, uh, Amazon on. You can uh, click through to Amazon or you can scroll down and see all the different products that we talk about on this show. Um, we're going to be talking on, let me see, is it this one? Yes, we should be talking about genital sweating and there's a, a, a product that I'm going to put up there after the show um, if you want to lose weight with me go to noom.drsteve.com are you sure I haven't done this already yeah seems like I already did okay yeah. n-o-o-m.drsteve.com 
Um, I lost 35 pounds, gained an inch of penis length, and I'm very happy with my new relationship with food. Oh. That was totally through the Noom app. It's going a different direction. Why, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> you went I'm from totally happy with that, to too. a happy relationship. It's much meatier, too. It's just crazy. I wish I could show it off, but it would be totally inappropriate. But still, it's, I'm yeah, very impressed. Yeah, that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you want archives for this show, go to premium.drsteve.com. That's premium.drsteve.com. Uh, uh, and use offer code FLUID, and you'll get a get it for half price. That's so a buck a month for three months. That gives you plenty of time to download everything and then just cancel. Nice. All right. Okay. Very good. Uh, um, all right. Want to take some questions? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Number one thing: don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. Very good. Thank you. Well. Hey, Dr. Steve, I was just wondering, why is it that I always have to piss right after I fuck? <laughs> never fails. I get done, and it's like I have to go to the bathroom. Yep. I mean, I'm not complaining. It gives me the perfect opportunity to dispose of the condom uh, before we do our postcoital cuddle. I just was wondering why I always have to piss. Yeah. Why does he? You know, this is very interesting. So it... Um uh, at first, I was going to tell him about spasm of the bladder and the urethra after, uh, you know, uh, postcoital when this sort of thickish liquid passes through the uh, the um, uh, the urethra. It kind of wants to get rid of it, and so sometimes you'll get some spasm. It'll cause you to feel like you need to urinate. Mm-hmm. Also, it can make it feel like it's burning, and if it does, dip your penis in uh, just a glass of ver- warm water, not hot water, just warm water, and that'll calm it down, and that feeling will go away. But I started thinking about a study that was done recently, and we've talked about it on the show. When I say recently, in the last you know five ten years, looking at women who um, have um, post or uh, I'm sorry, uh, coital incontinence. Mm-hmm. These are so-called squirters. Women can either have female ejaculation or they can have coital incontinence. And coital incontinence. People will say, well, it's quote unquote just piss. It's not just piss, though. It is a it it is fluid that's expressed from the bladder but it's not urine in the sense that we think about you know urine is waste products from the bloodstream to the kidney this fluid is yes it's water and it's in the bladder but it's not waste products from the kidneys what it is is it's generated during sexual stimulation by some women and their bladders fill up ultra quickly with this very dilute uh, uh, water solution and there's almost no urea in it that's why people say no I know it's not piss because it doesn't taste like I would think piss would taste like uh, it's it's almost all free water now we know from talking on this show uh, over the years that men and women are basically the same damn thing you know as far as genetically genetically all of our chromosomes except for one are the same and that's why men have nipples and women have nipples, and men have prostates, and women have Skene's glands. You know, there are just a few things that are that differentiate us. Uh, besides all the, you know, you know, men are sane and women are right. crazy as fuck. No, <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I gave that to myself. I gave that to myself. <laughs> right. Gave that to myself. 2019. All right, Harvey. But anyway, so so um, the uh, so I thought that maybe there are some men 
that have the same issue that when they get sexual sexual stimulation they would they would form this highly dilute urine and they would need to urinate afterward because men have a mechanism to keep them from uh, just discharging fluid during intercourse mm-hmm. you know the uh, it's really hard to urinate when you've got a fully erect penis because there's a there's a mechanism that just shuts down the the communication well, between it, the bladder and the and the urethra at that point uh, because that's not advantageous to procreation is to be washing out the semen that you're putting in there because we we forget that sex was actually designed for procreation we forget that most of the time we're having sex is just fun mm-hmm. and it feels good <laughs> but um <laughs> and you know Brown <laughs> but um yeah that's right wait wait whoa oh shoot i see i've lost the music oh, oh. there it is there you go that's better so um <clears throat> sex is actually designed for procreation so there are physiologic things that are that are also designed to kind of, uh, and when I say designed, I'm using that word very loosely, um, that function to promote that. And one of those is not being able to urinate inside a female while you're also trying to, you know, impregnate them. Because it would just, it's, it acts like a douche and it would decrease the semen load and all that stuff. And so that's just sort of my hypothesis why it's so hard to urinate when you've got a full erection. But then she'd punch you in the nose. That's, yeah. I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, it'd just be yeah. gross. Yeah. Unless they're a squirter and then they wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> oh. Yeah, don't you think, though, Dr. Steve, for men, though, with the, uh, because you don't, you have all that pressure built up back in the bladder and the prostate's kind of choked off. When it all finally does relax, there probably is a bit of a vacuum yep. where the urine does want to come out, and there's probably some residual semen left over in your urethra. Yeah, and you're you washing wash it, out, it out, and yeah. you're washing it out. Yeah. You gotta go pee pee. But if I think some of these men, you know, um, may have uh, that same reaction that they're they're developing very dilute urine in their bladders, and then just needs to be um, um, uh, discharged afterward, and that, that would be very easy to test. To just have them piss before empty their bladder, and then ha- uh, the way they did this study was they actually had an ultrasound on these women while they were being railed by a uh, dildo, mm-hmm. and then they could watch the fluid accumulating in the bladder. Which what a study that was, mm. you know? Oh, it's all about the fluid. <laughs> yeah, it's for science. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, so but you could do the same thing in these dudes too. You know, yeah. you'd have to, you know. Uh, attach an ultrasound to the abdomen right over where the bladder is and see if it fills up and then have them piss afterward and see if the specific gravity is close to water you got you got it that's basically a done deal and that would be i want that called the dr steve phenomenon because to my (laughs) knowledge i'm the only person that's ever hypothesized that well we need to test that yep yeah we need, go, we need we need dudes that have that we need this guy to call back in and see if he's willing to do this study and we we would have an N of one, but if we could find some other people, <laughs> right? You know. Anyway, all right, because men are very much like women in that <laughs> regard. All right. Hey, Doctor Steve, uh, I'm uh, seeing a girl who's got uh, trigenital neuralgia, and I'm <coughs> curious if you'd be interested in doing a, a show on it. It's, it's a pretty painful disease. Uh, it's also known as, in some circles, as the uh, suicide disease. Uh, it's extremely painful. Uh, it affects a lot of people. 
And uh, you. I don't know. I, if it's something you're interested in, uh, give me a call. I can get you in contact with her. Okay. Um, so she has trigeminal neuralgia. This is a really unfortunate thing. It's a bugger. Um, it sucks. So it's a chronic condition that affects a thing called the trigeminal nerve, which is in the face. And it carries sensation uh, from your face to your brain. And if you have this trigeminal neuralgia, uh, even if it's just wind blowing across it, like you heard on uh, Jenny's microphone when she moved, uh, <clears throat> that can be enough to stimulate it. And it just sends excruciating pain signals to the brain. And um, it's treatable. But it can be difficult to treat. Oh, yeah. So um, I know Dr. Scott sees some of these folks. A lot of them. Um, you could, there's a certain percentage of people will respond to an um, anti-seizure medication mm-hmm. called carbamazepine. Yep. And when it works, it's like magic. Yes. But it doesn't work all the time. So, but on the you got to try it. The, you get that and Neurontin too is, yep. is used quite often. It can yeah, or gabapentin. Really, gabapentin can be really beneficial. So... Um, uh, carbamazepine uh, basically uh, just quiets down those nerve fibers. And, you know, think of it like, you know, this this excessive sending of nerve signals is sort of like a seizure, sort of, you know. So mm-hmm. you're stabilizing that membrane and stopping it from sending too many signals to the brain. And uh, so maybe 25 to 50 percent of people will benefit from that. And the ones that don't, you, you know, you can do Botox, Botox. Uh, and just for wrinkles, it also decreases the um, sending of pain fibers, and it'll work for up to four months at a time. <clears throat> and if you do it three or four times, you may not need to do it anymore. Now, you may get a droopy face when, when that happens, but um, you know most of those people would accept a droopy face in return for not having this excruciating yeah, the pain. pain's horrendous. Yeah, the other thing is if we'll do a lot of interventional stuff. And certainly the acupuncture and any kind of injections into that trigeminal um, nerve or around that ganglia can be really – the patients are 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 always very, very, very frightened that it's going to make it worse. Yeah. And I certainly don't blame them. But <clears throat> what we do with the acupuncture is actually I put needles in the face that surround all, all the distributions of the nerve. Yeah, you know, right, so you're right, not putting yeah. them right in the nerve. No, right, not right in everything like then I put electrical stimulation to it, so we create a, 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 a we overwhelm the system. Yeah, shuts down the um, the, the the nerve firing, and, and okay. I'll tell you what, AKA counter stimulation. Yeah, well, it's the it's it's called the fatigue gated channel theory. Cool. That we just we overwhelm the dorsal mm-hmm. part of the um, spinal cord. Yeah. But um, hey, I tell you what, if if it's either acupuncture, even pronounced it right too, you know, I think. <laughs> After all these years. He watched YouTube <laughs> last night. That's right. Yeah, I was watching YouTube on that. <laughs> but you know, it's either that, Dr. Stevens. Sometimes they'll we'll actually have to do some neurosurgery. Do you get lasting relief from that? Oh, man, you'd be shocked. I mean, I've had people. No, I, I actually wouldn't yeah, be shocked. Yeah, you, they come <clears> in, <throat> but you literally come into me crying and screaming in pain. And that's I, awesome. Normal. So she needs to try that. She's got to She's got to find a DOM, somebody that yeah. didn't just go to yeah. a two-week acupuncture right. course. And it's got to experience the with the trigeminal nerve because it's really, it's really difficult. Yeah. They can and, do um, a surgery, as you were getting ready to say, yeah. microvascular yeah. decompression is the thing. And then they, they can do gamma knife, too. This yeah. is a, yeah. a brain stereotactic radio surgery. And uh, they direct a focused dose of radiation to the root of the trigeminal nerve. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it knocks it out. And, um, I would try the lesser of the... Yes. Yeah, oh, those, that's those a last are, resort. typically the very last resort. They get yeah. facial numbness yeah. from that, but yeah. it's that the vast majority of people will get relief from that. Right. So if she's done all this other stuff, 
Yeah. You know, I would do if sure. they haven't done the acupuncture. Hell, try it. Try it. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you a hundred bucks, yep. and it may really give you some relief. Yep. And then you've got these other things that you can do. Mm-hmm. All right, that is you know that's, that's a, a tough horrible, deal. You know. That's a tough deal. Hmm. All right, let's do this one. Hey, Doctor Steve, this is Rob from Virginia. First off, I just want to say I purchased one of the Navaj systems Yay. from your stuff. And it's fantastic. It's one of the greatest inventions in the world. I'm breathing better. I can smell better. It's fantastic. Thank you for the recommendation. You're welcome. Um, I do have a question, though. Um, And as always, because Dr. Scott always gets freaked out, that's also a last resort. Try going to stuff. or uh, simplyherbals.net and try his nasal rinse first hey do whatever works is but what I but say. in the end do whatever works and if you the navage is the thing i'm telling you it's the greatest thing in the world the anyway okay. sweating in certain areas specifically the undercarriage or the taint as Excellent. well as my feet uh i tried cleaning it numerous times throughout the day using different powders to absorb some of the moisture and nothing has seemed to to uh, to help it out that's a problem with powder you know, if you're using fresh balls, which is tapioca powder, and it's very absorbent, uh, it's in a, a really volatile liquid, and you rub it on, and it kind of burns a little bit because I don't know what the volatile liquid is. If it burns good, though. I like it. And uh, then when it goes away, um, it leaves you with this coating of tapioca powder, and it is um, great for chafing and stuff like that. But if you're just sweating, there's no amount of powder is going to be able to soak all that up. That's the problem. So he's absolutely right on that. I was wondering if you had any recommendations. Oh, of course. Okay. So, um, yeah, a genital sweating is called genital uh, hyperhidrosis. And you can get hyperhidrosis any part of your body, scalp, underarms, hands, stuff like that. And it's uh, often hereditary. And if you have genital hyperhidrosis, usually there's going to be somebody else has it as well or has hyperhidrosis. It'll get worse with exercise, anxiety, stuff like that. And um, what we recommend for that is this stuff called dingo dust. (laughs) And um, dingo dust, you can get it at, uh, I'm going to put it up at uh, stuff.drsteve.com. But you can just go to, I think it is Klima or Klima, K-L-I-M-A dot com. Uh, just search for dingo dust. You'll find it. And it's an actual genital antiperspirant. It's a powder, and it has the aluminum hypochlorite in it or whatever it is. Let me see. Uh, let me see what's in it. Because that's the only thing that really works to stop um, uh, sweating other than um, uh, using uh, uh, iontophoresis, mm-hmm. you know, and and we and we have those devices too. They're like you pass a current through your hands, and somehow it stops them from sweating. It's harder to put your junk, and I'm not putting my damn junk in an electrical field in a physical therapy office. No, 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 well, or but you can buy them. You can yeah. go to uh, stuff.drsteve.com <laughs> and get you a dang iontophoresis machine if it's underarms, hands, or feet. But don't do it on your But don't nuts. do it on your scalp. No. That's stupid. And don't do it on your um on your nuts. Okay, so let's see what's in this stuff. Um well come on, where's the ingredients? Uh, okay, aluminum chlorhydrate. And uh it also has talc, cornstarch, lemon powder, so you get that lemony oh. fresh feeling. Oh, so it's clean. Elantoin. That comes from uh <coughs> placentas, doesn't it? 
I don't know. Organic lavender powder. Ooh. Oh, mm. calm down. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, bismuth oxychloride. That's a bismuth is a mineral that has a high surface area. It's very absorbent. So anyway, okay, dingo dust. Try Ooh. that. Let us know. And uh, you know, if you're worried about aluminum, I don't know what to tell you. That's really the only thing that's out there that's an antiperspirant. There's lots of deodorants out there, but if you're perspiring or not, you're going to stink no matter how much you try to cover it up with just a smelly thing. So, all right. All right, let's do one more. Oh, we got one for Dr. Scott. And I'll get the music started. Do it. All right. Well, uh uh-oh, oh, for God's sake. All right. Um, Strike up the band. No, I'm a dummy. Um, Let me see if I can fix this. Got to rename it. And I got to put MP3 after it. Why wouldn't it know that? Dot MP3. And now we can play it. Add. Yes. Here we go. Very professional. Hey, I've heard both of you talk about this a little bit, Doctor Scott, Doctor Steve, uh, talking about a certain supplement, and I don't know what the likelihood it says if you take psyllium husk and you take another supplement or medication within a certain amount of time, it could block it or make it work less effectively. I don't think I've ever experienced this. Um, what is the likelihood of that or the percentage or what percentage could it knock down the potency could knock it down to 50%, 75%, whatever? Because it seems like uh, something I haven't experienced even though it says that on the label regarding the psyllium husk and uh, it says some other weird stuff about choking but that just seems like kind of crazy because uh I don't know. Seems like something that's unlikely never would have happened. So, uh, curious about the silly mask warnings. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that's a it's a great question. So, really, psyllium is just kind of food, right? Psyllium is in Metamucil, mm-hmm. and uh, it's used as a um, as a fiber supplement for constipation or just as a bowel normalizer. We prefer citrucel, but it's methylcellulose because it's less gassy. Mm-hmm. Methylcellulose, the bacteria in your gut can't process it, so they don't produce gas. But if you're doing psyllium, uh, what, what you want to do is uh, just go to drugs.com, and they've got an interaction checker, and there are some interaction with psyllium, yes. but yep. it's going to be all stuff that would have the same interaction if they were taken with food, right. I think. I don't think there's any specific chemical interactions with psyllium. Uh, but, you know, things like aspirin, Benadryl, calcium, things like that may be affected. decrease the right. That's right. So you just got to look at the particular uh, drug that you're taking. But that's a great resource. Sure. The other thing that you can do if you're interested in drug interactions is to get uh, go to Hippocrates.com. Hippocrates. That's E-P-O-C-R-A-T-E-S. It's like Epocrates. And um, uh, just get a, you don't have to be a physician or a pharmacist, get a, um, a free mem- membership. membership yep. And then you can, they've got a drug interaction checker. You can put all your drugs in and, and double check with mm-hmm. the, ph- you know, that the pharmacy's doing their job. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Right on. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Uh, another week gone by. Um, thanks to uh, Dr. Scott, Lady Diagnosis. Uh, Jenny McKinney, who has um, some uh, uh, comedy shows coming up. You got anything? This one's going to be uh, the 12th of June. So you got anything peripheral to that? 
No, just the one in July 5th. July 5th. Yeah. And that's in Oak Ridge. Somewhere in Oak Ridge. We don't know where you are. Comedy at the Grove. Okay, Comedy at the Grove. There you go. And uh, we got Rich Voss coming August 1st uh, to Kingsport, Tennessee. Go to etncomedy.com for more information or go to facebook.com slash etncomedy or just email me. Uh, we can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly. Oh, no, we're out of Oh, shoot. Well, never mind. Well, I'm just going to run the damn music again because we got more to talk about. i got to make a longer outro because I'm just damn wordy. Wordy as hell. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Tepp, Lewis Johnson, Paul Ofcharsky, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Ron Bennington, and Fez Watley, who's early support of this show, has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks go to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. And go to our website, drsteve.com, for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. And we'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. A basketball rolls into a bar. The bartender says, can I help you? The basketball replies, heard you need a bouncer. Apparently Rapunzel was pretty tall. She towered over the prince. What happened when the marsupial applied for a mortgage? He didn't qualify. The most common of the high-risk strains of HPV are types 16 and 18, which cause about 70% of all cervical cancers. HPV can also cause other cancers, like head and neck, rectal and cancer of the male genitalia. We have vaccines and condoms, people, so use them. For another fact please say, tell me another fact. To quit say, stop. The average 190 pound human produces 360 pounds of stool every year. That's a lot of crap. For another fact please say, tell me another fact. To quit say, stop. Dr. Steve Chipperson says I used to work at a hospital but I got sick of it. Fluid. For another fact please say, tell me another fact. To quit say, stop. Goodbye.